What's good, everybody? Welcome to Back to the Block Podcast with your host, Anthony Austin. I am super excited to start this series with you guys. It's been in the work for a while, and I know you guys are going to enjoy it. Here, we're going to be taking it back to the block where our story began. We're going to revisit feelings of uncertainty that we experienced when we lacked guidance, skills, and mentorship. Despite the challenges, minimal resources, and adversity that we faced, we had to start somewhere. The belief in ourselves was put to the test when people doubted our dreams, goals, and ambitions. We faced constant reminders that only a small, small percentage of athletes make it to the top, and now it's time to tell our stories and inspire the next generation. This podcast is for us. This is our platform. Let's take it back to the block. Alright y'all, we back with a special episode. We got our first lady on the show. None other than my little sis, Maddie Hatch. Maddie's journey is the true definition of what it means to be resilient. Two ACL injuries and the same knee before the age of 18 still wasn't enough to stop her, but only make her hungrier. She's killing it now in the pro ranks and there's no telling how far she'll take it. But the passion and what she talks about the game and her journey, I can tell you one thing. That only sky's the limit. Look no further. Let's give a round of applause. Let's welcome Maddie to the show. Back to the Block Podcast, man. We have our first woman hooper on the show. I am very excited to have Lil Sis do the honoring. So, Maddie Hatch, what's good? I know it's early morning for you over there. So what's your day looking like over there? How's it going? It's going good. Thank you for having me. Um, it's good. I got practice later and then a night practice, but right now it's a it's a chill morning. So it's nice. Glad so to be in, here. You're in you're in Italy, right? <laughs> I am. I'm in Milan, Italy. So up in the north of Italy. Um, yep, right in the city. It's a cool experience this year. First time in Milan? First time in Milan, yes. When I when I landed, it was my first time in Milan. Not my first time in Italy. I played mm-hmm. last season in the south of Italy um, in a small town called Potenza, Italy. Very small, kind of near Naples, if you're familiar with the south. What are some small differences you're no- noticing between the two different cities in Italy? You know, Milan is a lot more like, reminds me more of San Francisco. It's just easily connected and uh, you can get anywhere like Metro or like the muni like a trolley um kind of thing and it's just really connected and you know there's different things at the store like I have an easier time finding peanut butter here <laughs> <laughs> I would imagine so it's more of like a major you know a major known city so yeah I would it's, it's pretty... a major city yeah and more people speak English so it's a little easier to communicate um but also it was fun living in the south because you had to try to speak Italian mm-hmm. and you know use Google Translate that was my best friend but Facts. yeah Milan is is more um you have people from all over the world here and I really like that so you can find also different food not just Italian love Italian food but sometimes (laughs) you know I might need some sushi or something yeah gotta switch it up gotta be versatile out there that's how you're gonna last overseas you can't just Mm -hmm. do one thing all the time food life anything so so how's the team looking this season what are some uh maybe goals for yourself the team and how like so how you guys looking as a whole uh, the team is really good. So I'm playing in the second division in Italy, A2. Um, and they're really, it's a really competitive environment and I love it. 
Um, I came from the third division in Italy last year, so it's been an adjustment, but I love it. It reminds me more of like the college level of basketball I was playing, more organized. And yeah, this this we won our, our first two games, um, really competitive league. Um, I'm not sure like the people listening are familiar with overseas, but you can basically like win your level every year. Mm-hmm. So there's so much movement and that just creates like this really competitive environment because you can either drop down as a team or you can go up to like the first division. So practices are intense. Um, got a lot of talented gr- older girls that are experienced. Uh, really another really good point guard who I'm learning a lot from. Um, my goal probably this this year is just to really develop as a point guard. This is my first real year playing like true, true point guard. And mm-hmm. I'm loving it. I'm trying to be like Kenny, trying to be like you. <laughs> we'll see. Yeah, because the people know, I mean, you as a sniper. So it's cool to hear that you're trying to transition and add that lead guard uh, skill to your game. Because you I mean, you have the wing, you have, like I said, you have the shooting down. So to add that, it'll make you uh, set up for a long lasting career. So I hope you're tuned in and learning over there. I'm trying. I'm watching a lot of film you know, trying to learn um, how to how to see these passes, you know, because it happens so fast. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm loving it. It's an uncomfortable environment because I'm, you know, trying to trying to learn so much and I'm not in my, you know, not just on the wing playing a shooter. So it's it's cool, though. It's, it's really testing me and uh, I'm excited to be in an environment I can get better at basketball. When you went out there, did you like was your goal kind of to transition more to the point guard or did you kind of get out there and then you seem like, oh, I need to be the point kind of thing? Yeah, I I came thinking I was playing like a combo guard, like a, a shooter and then like backup point guard kind mm-hmm. of thing, uh, because obviously like that's my number one thing is shooting. But then in this level and on this team, I saw pretty, pretty like um, right, right when I got here that I was going to need to be more of a point guard because we only had one point guard. and. Uh, there's, I'm also a little smaller. So sometimes they, they just like put me in that role and they right. saw the way that I handled the ball. So that it made sense. Um, and I like it because I have the ball more in my hand, more pick and roll situations. Um, and it's just getting comfortable doing that. I didn't do a lot of that in college, um, but overseas I've been doing that a lot. So it's just a different game. Uh, and I, I kind of saw that would be my best opportunity to get on the court is in that point guard role. And and that's the biggest thing you want to be on the court. So I'm like, if I have to do this to be on the court, no problem. For sure. So what were some, um, I know you was in a lab with Big Bro, with Ken Hatch a little bit this summer. Uh, what were some things that you were kind of honing in from, from like last season to this season? Like, what did, what is your focus of this summer? What do you want to improve on? So this summer, Kenny and I, we worked a lot on like um, pick and roll situations, like reading in those situations, scoring off of a pick and roll, you know, just di- different decision making, whether I'm pulling behind the be- behind the screen, shooting a deep three or like maybe a pull up jumper, just really like getting into reading those situations. What's the best or if I'm going to pass it to the post player cutting, just mm-hmm. seeing those things because it happens so fast in the game. So repping it in the summer really helps me like now I, I see that work I put in. I can make the decision faster. Stuff like that. And then, of course, shooting, lots of shooting, (laughs) lots of shooting, all the reps you need to be consistent during the season. So that's really what we worked on. But yeah, the summer grind with Kenny's always the best. (laughs) It's the most fun. So that was a summer grind. And I see uh, some flicks. You're out there grinding also. I don't know who uh, the girl is, but I see you with Jordan pull a little bit. So how did you get connected Mm -hmm. with that and who 
I mean, who, who, who are these people? Like, that <laughs> was really crazy. The people that don't know, like, right, who, who are they? I was actually just, I just got to Milan uh, and Kenny was saying um, that they needed just another person to help rebound. Um, and he put me into contact with Ruta. She is, she is uh, working with Packy. I don't know if you're familiar with Packy. He runs UPS training mm -hmm. and um, really cool, really cool trainer. And that's basically, I think, the connection there. And Kenny was just like, can you rebound for Jordan? That's really all that was asked to me. And I was like, cool, I'll learn how to take the Metro. And I'll just, you know, it was my first time taking the Metro. I went all the way down to the university they were shooting at. And yeah, I just was like, yeah, I'll rebound. Why not? That was a really cool experience. I've never actually got to see an NBA player like working. Um, and that was a cool environment. Jordan Poole, shout out to him. He's really, really nice. And uh, just, I felt like I learned so much watching his workout, actually. I really, and he talked to me a little bit after his workout. And it's really cool because he was really interested in, in knowing about me playing overseas basketball. And I thought that was really cool because you know how it is. Once you get to the pro level, even though you're not in the NBA, you have so much respect for other pro mm -hmm. people. And I really felt that. And that was really appreciated. That's super cool. And obviously, like, as any Hooper should, I mean, if you have, you know, a brain, you would admire his game because his bag is so deep and he's just like so up and coming. It keeps improving. It's like, bro, why would you do that move? But it's so tough. Like, it's just so it's, unorthodox. No, it really is. And you see that because he's just be doing like this combos you wouldn't even think of in his practice. And it transitions, though, like literally just saw a video of him doing what I saw him practicing in Milan on his uh, vacation. You just really respect the grind because, I mean, he was probably just out there on vacation and still getting the work in. And mm -hmm. I mean, you just see the, the, the difference in level. But at the end of the day, you're all hoopers. So you just have a lot of respect, I think, for, for one another. Really cool environment. I'm glad I got to. Glad I got to go. I also actually know his photographer from high school. That's just another small thing. Okay, Shout out okay. to Jay Squared. Um, he's the best. He's a really good photographer. And he went to high school, like, in the Bay Area, too. So we're both from the Bay. Yeah, they have a um, web series. I think that's the guy's web series. Yeah, yeah. That's Jay Squared's uh, web series. Super cool. They do, like, vlogs all around um, places they visit. I, I watched the one they went to, like, Paris, I believe. And then they just dropped their Italy one. That's really cool. You just get to see like their travels. It's cool. They, it, J Square does a really good job, like giving us an inside look on like uh, Jordan Poole's like whole life. But they're like really like real life best friends, I think, which is awesome. That's dope. So not to share too much, but what's one thing you, you took away from the workout that you learned just from watching him or he taught you or told you kind of thing? You know, it's funny because one of the this is like right when I was starting to practice with this team, I literally just got to Milan. And I, I did mention something like, um, it's just so much different always having the ball in my hand. Cause I, I talked to him a little bit about how I'm playing like a point guard this year, but I'm very used to being like more of a shooter. And I'm mm -hmm. like, it's just, it's a lot of responsibility. The ball's like in my hand. And, <laughs> and he kind of just like, he said some really good advice that he gave me was just like, like, be confident like basically like be confident like shoot that shoot that shit excuse my language you're good, you're good, you're good. and like be confident even with the ball like it's good to have the ball in your hand stuff like that just really made me it's really nice to hear that from another person let alone somebody that's really good so yeah. it, it was just really cool um just him giving that advice and even just taking a couple minutes after the workout to to talk to me about basketball yeah he's got I was telling him 
he's got this insane in and out move that I'm trying to, it's just his pace too. It's not even like the move itself. It's like when he does it um, during the games. And it's just, I just saw a clip the other day of him doing it crazy. And now that's something I'm trying to bring to my game this season for sure. Stay tuned. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That particular in and out, like his, I stole too. Like he does it particularly on the right wing. He slows down, looks I'm not gonna say too much, but yeah, I I took that exact move too. (laughs) All right. It's it's, good. It's more than good. It works too. Like I see why it works. So I'm like, as a fast player, I'm like, that'll, I need that. Like that'll, I'll, I'll kill that move. So yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. All right. So it's that time. The show is called Back to the Block. So that's exactly what we're finna do. San, San Francisco, California, you're the youngest sibling. So just talk about the upbringing and the influence from watching, you know, your elders play sports, hoop and do that kind of thing and just the influence they had on you growing up. Yeah. So like you said, the youngest and I have three older siblings and they all actually played um, many sports, but basketball was my favorite for sure, as it was everyone else's favorite in my family. Um, Yeah. Growing up, I went to so many, so many of my siblings games, whether it was like Kenny or I have two older sisters, Rachel and Kelly, they all had games too, the Catholic school games that you were playing every Saturday. Um, My dad was a coach. So that was a cool experience too, because as a as a coach's daughter, you get yelled at way more <laughs> than all the other players. But it teaches you to be tough, and it teaches you what coaches are looking for. And yeah, I just I'm really lucky that I grew up in this environment because I was just surrounded by sports, by basketball, and I I got to kind of see you know the things that my siblings were doing well that I could do as well and or things they weren't doing well and I could learn from their mistakes. Um, Yeah. And that was really, really a cool environment to grow up in. And I kind of just was watching and watching so much and and trying to learn from, from going to all their games. Even as a kid, I remember being super interested in, in wanting to go to their games and supporting them. And so it's just like, it's a great environment. I'm very lucky for my family. They're awesome. Yeah, shout out Pops and Mom, you know, yes. the, o- the OGs. Did you play any other sports growing up? I did. I played volleyball, um, club and school volleyball for a long time. And then in high school, I also, I don't know why I did this. I ran cross country, <laughs> <laughs> showed up really in shape for basketball. And then I also did lacrosse, never played it in my life, but I just tried it in high school. Um, and I would have played, but then I obviously I got hurt. Yeah, we've been to get we've been to get into yeah. that. We've been to get into that. <laughs> so when did you like you said interest kind of I mean basketball kind of stuck as you said, but when did you kind of um like realize you kind of wanted to be all in or you kind of just like dedicated like majority of your time to learning and just like being all in for basketball? At what age would I, you say? What age? I think I was in probably sixth or seventh and eighth grade is really when I was like I was it was just basketball and volleyball and volleyball was cool but I like the competitiveness of basketball and then also just always watching uh, my siblings playing basketball it was just the sport that really caught my eyes I just loved how the game could change at any given moment it was like competitiveness and just the energy you felt when watching the game and when playing it was just something that really stood out to me when I was a young girl and uh I think the thing I love the most about basketball too is the ability to get better at it is like such a, even till this day, I'm always talking to people. It's like, I'm just constantly trying to get better, constantly learning. It like never stops. And I think at a young age, 
I realized like I could work so hard and get better and it, I'm still gonna have a lot of long way to go but to look at your progress is, is just really cool that's something that really caught my eye with basketball and the beauty things. about the beauty about basketball too like you can you can go to the gym right now and do like 150 left-hand dribbles and tomorrow your left hand is going to be better like you can see yeah the progress like you, yeah yeah you see and feel it which is like the beauty in it yeah for sure it's not, it's not hard it's, like for me it's not hard to to work out and be like a workaholic when i i'm constantly seeing improvement it's not like i do it i have to wait five five months for me to see an improvement like if you work hard at something you're gonna it's gonna come right away damn near yeah, for sure. That's so, that's that's cool. What's what's the age gap between uh you and Ken? You and Kenny. Kenny is four years older than me. Yeah. All right. So <laughs> so seventh and eighth grade, when you kind of went all in and dedicated to hoops, this was when Kenny was, you know, bouncing around schools and like getting yes. cut, getting cut for what it's worth. So what did that kind of you seen that at a young age, what did that kind of do to your mindset or, or did you, were you even kind of processing all that at that time? I, I was, I think, and that's, that's, I'm glad that you, cause that's definitely why another really big reason why I, I realized I really love basketball is I saw like what my brother was going through. He was in high school and he obviously if you listen to his podcast, mm -hmm. go listen to it. If you listen to it. <laughs> um, yeah. He, he was the hardest worker by far. Like and skill-wise, the best. Like, it wasn't, I wasn't even being biased at this age. I knew it. It was just a different level, but he was small. And so I remember just being, like, so upset that, like, that could dictate whether or not a coach would want him or not. And I just saw, I think in, in that time, I just saw his grind. Like, it just went from, most people would just be like, I'm done. Like, okay, I could do sure. something else. There's so many things to do in the world. But it's the love for basketball that my brother has. I feel like I have a similar love that made him be like, all right, well, I got cut. I'm going to keep, I'm going to grind even harder. And like during this time too, I started to like work out with my brother a little bit, I believe. And <laughs> fact check me, Kenny. <laughs> but yeah, <laughs> we started going to the Olympic club and, and getting a lot more shots and reps up because he was kind of didn't have a team. So he's jumping around trying to just get workouts in. And I just saw that level of commitment that he had. And um, I feel like that rubbed off on me and made me want to work harder. He set like this really, really high bar of working out. Mm -hmm. And it made me just want to be on that level. I mean, it's the best kind of like sibling you can have when they're pushing you to be better at basketball. And just seeing everything he was going through and, and not losing hope. And um, when he finally did, you know, get to make a team, it was just like, you just saw that that hard work pays off, but it definitely, definitely taught me at a young age that like, no matter what you do, there can still be coaches that dictate, you know, your future, but there's always another way. If you keep grinding, there's going to be some coach that's going to give you an opportunity. And luckily for Kenny, that is, that's what eventually happened. Exactly. All right. So St. Ignatius. Yes. St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius. So talk about your time there because I heard from a little bird that y'all was squatted like y'all had a bunch of d1 players and y'all was like super mm -hmm. nice so just talk about maybe kind of waiting your turn or just what that was like without going into the the ACL situation yet yeah just talk about no yeah there. that that was really cool so that was my actually my junior year and they were all seniors and we had like this really good team um and they everybody thought that like a bunch of the girls were gonna go like D1, really, just really, really talented. Um, 
really competitive practice is a great environment to be on, uh, to be in during that time, learning from, from girls around me. Um, Addie Walters was on one of those teams. She ended up, she kind of, she finished, finished her college career off at, um, Santa Clara, the D1 over there, but she, um, first was at Bakersfield, I believe. And then she went to a school in Florida, then finished. She is great, great point, great shooting guard, point guard. I remember watching her a lot, um, when I was younger and there was just people that went to St. Mary's, a bunch of teams. It was just a great environment to be in. But actually that year, the biggest thing I learned was it didn't matter how much talent you had on the team. If you guys weren't going to like play together as a team. Mm -hmm. And that's ultimately what ended up happening. We didn't go as far as we were, everybody said we were going to go. And I really feel like that was because maybe like the, the mesh between the girls wasn't the best and the mesh between the coaches, it just didn't fit. And I saw that, like, if you don't play all as a team, even with all the talent you have, you're not going to, you're not going to make it as far. Um, and I, I wasn't really able to play that much that year. Um, I think I got like some minutes, but I was definitely more of like a practice player, but that taught me a lot. It, it was a little frustrating sometimes, you know, when you're working hard and you're not getting on the court um, and, you know, you see other people that might not have like the best attitudes, but it taught me valuable lesson in high school is like, just keep working and eventually you'll, you'll get your chance to shine. So was this one of the years that uh, you was WCAL champ? Yeah, we, we did win that year, I believe. What, what was the other year? It, it, was, it, was, it was 2013 and 2015. What, what years were those? I think 2015 was, when did I graduate from college? 2016. So 2015, yeah, was the year. 2013, I wasn't, I, I don't, I wasn't on varsity that year. Okay. Humble State got you, they got it on, on your resume. So that's, that's on your resume. Oh, they have it there? Twenty? Yeah. No, maybe it is 2013. Honestly, high school for me is such a blur. I can barely remember the things that happened. That is <laughs> Especially comedy. the dates. I think I just like blacked it out a little bit forgot maybe I'm getting old (laughs) (laughs) clearly (laughs) yeah all right so now we need to talk about the adversity and what made you the player you are today so the 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 ACL tears let's talk about the first one and kind of the first one what what happened on on your first ACL tear I know it happened two times in the same knee uh during high school so let's talk about um that time period of your life yeah, so my freshman year of high school, I played on JV, um, and that was a good, really good season. And then that summer going into my sophomore year, I was like, went to point guard college. I don't know if you're familiar with that. Mm-hmm. That was That's a really tough. fun little experience. And actually, I just got back from point guard college. It was summer. I was like at the YMCA, just playing pickup basketball with the with a couple of other guys, local guys. And um, I did like a jump stop on a fast break, and it just I just fell to the ground. And I realized like something was really wrong. And I remember actually a guy I was with was joking that I tore my ACL, but I was like, no, like there's no way I tore my ACL. Anyways, found out like two weeks later that I tore my ACL for the first time. And um, so, yeah, that's a long, it's a long process. You have to get, I was really sad because I was really wanted to make varsity like as a sophomore and I was grinding so hard to just even, or even see the court more on JV. So I was really bummed because I knew I'd be out for the whole nine months. Nine months is the recovery from an ACL. So. so it wasn't like 
great pain because I heard like the first time you didn't know like you were still on family vacation like you were still just like chilling your knee was just swollen you just really like didn't have a clue kind of thing when it first happened I was in so much pain for like five seconds but like I said I was with like guys my age and you know I just didn't want to cry in front of them so for that five (laughs) seconds I was trying so hard to not cry so I was just trying to like smile it through Uh (laughs) and then after those five seconds passed it's weird your knee just feels swollen but you can walk and you can do normal things. And yeah, I went, actually went to Lake Tahoe. I was like jet skiing with Kenny doing like just <laughs> things you probably shouldn't be doing when your ACL is torn. For and sure. I was actually trying to still work out um, and like swim and stuff because I thought it was just like a little thing. I didn't know a lot about the knee at this time. Um, and then I I was like, why wow, I still can't straighten my knee. So then my mom, we made an appointment to go back to the doctor. And that's when we saw a specialist. And um, that's when they were like, your ACL is torn, you're going to need to get like a, a surgery. And that's when I started to learn a lot more about just the body. Um, and then I ended up getting that surgery um, in September. Um, and the recovery is just just so long. But yeah, I didn't know at first. It's, it's a weird injury. You can tear it and then the pain like goes away. It's just like pain and then it's gone. Some people live without ACLs, but for basketball, it's not possible. Yeah. So yeah. the second time, uh, before your senior season, junior year, you're playing AAU, and I heard you was going crazy. Like I heard you was killing this game, and you were just backpedaling, and you just you just fell. It just happened again. Yeah, it was it was really uh, crazy because it's like I felt like I was the best in the back. I was doing the best basketball I could possibly do, be doing and improving so much, and I felt like on such a high. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I was backpedaling on like a fast break situation, and I was like the first back on defense. And for whatever reason, nobody even touched me or anything. It just retore. And um, yeah, that moment was was the worst because I feel like the nine months of rehab I had done the year before just like flashed through my through my head, like in my thoughts. And I just was like, I can't believe I have to like do this. It's funny because right away I was like, I got to do this all over again. I knew I was going to get back, but like it would just felt like such a long journey again until I was going to be able to do what I was just doing. And I knew that instantly. I remember looking at my dad and it was just, and he instantly knew because, you know, it's just not a fun experience, but it taught me, it taught me probably everything I needed to know to, to make it to the point I'm at right now. So I heard you were like still determined, still trying to shoot and go work out and stuff. But was there ever like down times and times where you just kind of not want to give up and you just were like, man, I don't know. Because the second time obviously is is way tougher than the first time. You kind of like got to think like, is this my life? Like is basketball for me? Like what, what were like the down times you might have had? For sure. I think after. So the first one is like, OK, you can get back. It's the first, you know, just a small little thing in, in your journey, you know, Um when I tore it my second time is when, you know, people started saying, maybe you shouldn't keep playing basketball. You hear people that obviously didn't know me well, because anybody that knows me would never say that to me, but you start to hear those people. And I would say, when I would hear people say that, sometimes I would get a little down. I knew instantly after I tore it my second time, I felt like this immense disheartenedness, like just so disheartened because I couldn't believe I had done all the rehab and I did everything I was supposed to do. And it still happened. And for me, that was such a big moment just in like life overall is like you can do everything right. Like we were talking about with the coaches earlier, 
and something still might go wrong but what are you gonna what are you gonna do from that are you gonna give up or keep going and for sure um, my family was like the biggest motivating force during this time my brother still still being like let's go to the gym I could still rebound I, I could still at this point my brother was at junior college and I remember taking like my iPad to the game and like writing things down that he could do better or the team could do better and I really just kind of was like okay I can't play but I can watch basketball it's at this other level of intensity and and, and try to you know I can kind of visualize what I need to do when I'm back even though I can't be on the court I can I can learn a lot from watching this game so that's really what I did during that time and it was difficult like I it was a long uh, journey the second time I toured I had a different goal though and usually it's nine months to get back um when you're in when you get after you get the surgery I heard you came back in like four months I had to, well, yeah, which I don't recommend, but I actually had to find a surgeon that would allow me to get back in on the court in five months um, because I was trying to play college basketball and I knew I needed to, to be okay during my senior year for any team to want to like sign me. Um, so I found a surgeon that was okay with that. I went to the same physical therapist I had before because he was amazing. And um, I ended up getting back for one of our biggest like high school games. Yeah, Bruce, um, the, Bruce the Bruce Mahoney. Bruce game. Mahoney, yeah. yeah. And that was like four and a half, five months from when I got surgery, which is like very difficult because your knee is still in like that healing process. But with my rehab and everything, I felt I felt good to go. And I got to play in that game. I actually hit the first shot that I took, um, which was like a really cool moment because I missed so much. So for that one to go in, I was like, hey. Shout out to God right there. <laughs> how how great did it feel hitting that shot? Because everything, like not that that was the end goal, but it was all worth it. Because like I said, you wanted to play in that game senior year, big rival game at USF. Like that was, at that time, that was probably. That was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That was the goal. That was, yeah. No, when I hit that, I don't even. Yeah, it was just, um, I think it was just a confirmation to me that I did everything I needed to do to get back and that everything was going to be okay. Even though like maybe I didn't feel the best even at that time with my knee, I knew like in that moment, it kind of just validated all my hard work really. And uh, it made me confident that like, this wasn't the end. I could, I could keep going. Um, so yeah, that was a, that was a, one of my favorite shots for sure. Cause you know, you know, how it is as a hooper, some days you're just really broke and for that <laughs> one to go in, it was like a good moment for sure. No doubts. Uh, with this second time, were you, you was tapping in with the um, the San Francisco Giants uh, trainer, or oh yes, yeah. so my surgeon was a San Francisco, uh, the San Francisco Giants surgeon actually, and uh, the way that happened was actually a coach. Um, I was um, a coach, Mary Highlander. She's a goat, played at USF, but anyway, she was my coach. Um, at Olympic Club AAU, but I wasn't even playing for her. I was just watching because I got hurt. So I was just traveling, like I was saying before, just watching so many basketball games. And I was traveling with her. And uh, when she heard that I had gotten hurt again, she referred me to her her uh, friend. And this was the Giants um, surgeon. So that was really cool. He is, and Dr. Akazuki is his name. And he is a very good surgeon, very fun. And he basically was like, if you can do your rehab, I can, I can get you back in five months. Cause you just have to find a surgeon that like clears you. Cause right. they have a set of rules they have to do. Um, 
And he he gave me, I think he saw that I was going to work hard. He, he worried sometimes because you don't want to overdo your rehab, but um, he had faith in me. I had faith in him and I'm back. <laughs> Like you said, you don't recommend a five month um, turnaround, but if you if you feel me, if you can get a professional um, <laughs> clearance, yeah, yeah, on this level, I mean, go for it, man. Go for it, yeah. But I mean, take your time if you can take your time. So that's super cool how you your the mindset's been there and you um, overcame those obstacles and it propelled you forward. But it was still um, hard to get on the radar for recruitment because, like I said, you missed so much, and they might have still been skeptical if, if you would get hurt again or whatever it was. For so, sure. yeah. um, talk about how you were able to kind of get recruited. I know Coach Bentos—that's that's the big homie, that's the OG. So, just talk about just how all of that transpired. Yeah, so um, I felt like I was on some radars, and then I felt like when I tore my ACL the second time, my name was just crossed out. And I understand like you probably don't want a player that's like injury prone is what people would always say to me. Um, and so what actually en ended up happening, big shout out to Kenny Hatch over here. He, my brother was playing at Texas A&M International with you. Yeah, and sir. he ended up taking my film. I didn't even know this was happening. At this point, I'm talking to some D3s because um, that's what the route I think I'm going to go is D3 um, basketball, NCAA basketball. And he took my film and went into Coach Bento's office and just started playing my film for her. And basically from that, um, she was willing to, to, to do a workout with me. So I ended up flying to Laredo, Texas. Mm -hmm. And um, I remember just getting right to the, going right to the gym, saw you guys practicing. Um, and then the next morning, I had, or the next night I had a workout with Coach Bento and Kiki, bucket. Um, and I remember actually during that workout, you guys were like all watching and I was like so nervous, <laughs> but um, yeah, from that workout, I, she wanted to sign me to go to Texas A&M International. And actually that was the first workout where I wasn't wearing my knee brace. Cause at this point it was like seven months after the surgery, seven and a half months. After, and I just left the knee brace at home. I was like, we're not bringing this negative energy here. Um, <laughs> and the workout went well. She ended up uh, wanting to, wanting to sign me to Texas A&M International. Um, and I was so excited to be able to go to the school. My brother was going to, he would have been a senior. I would have been freshman. And then like a couple months later, uh, she got an opportunity at Humboldt State University, which is in California. And um, so I ended up, I remember I, I did think about it because I wanted to go to the school of my brother so bad, but I knew that, you know, Coach Bento was going to make me the best player I could be. And so did my brother. Uh, so I ended up going to following her, going to Humboldt State University, found out in like June. So like right before uh, like June 17th around then that's when I was like all right well I'm going to Humboldt State then and and it's a D2 um, NCAA school in California and that's that's where I ended up going and I just remember being so grateful because I just wanted an opportunity to get into the gym with someone to to show maybe what I could do so they could see me and not and not see like my injuries or my lack of high school experience I just wanted an opportunity to show what I could do and I think that uh, Coach Bento, she really gave me that opportunity to show what I could do. And um, I will forever be grateful for that. And Kenny for <laughs> taking my film into her office. <laughs> yeah, Coach Bentos is really like, 
Goaty, because even like, well, first of all, I remember you you came on the visit. The visit was the visit was smooth. We was chilling, vibing, working out all that stuff. But um, yeah, Coach Bentos is really like that from a basketball standpoint. Because like in the off seasons, I was actually working out with the girls. It was only like three or four, which was like Kiki, Jessica, me, the other Jess, and I think that was it. And my um, my coaches tried to get me to stop. They're like, you don't need to be like working out with them or doing both because I was still doing the men's like little skill workout and hers but it's a clear difference between the skill workouts like you and you're enough from your brothers like we doing jump stops it's back we doing real fundamental stuff and coach Benos were actually like getting crafty and actually working mm -hmm. on the game so I'm like no I'm, I'm, I'm getting better with coach <laughs> Bento and she's allowing me to so I'm going to keep you know doing this so I, yeah it was definitely smart for you to just follow her and not want to just stay just because your brother was there so you definitely mm -hmm. made the right decision I think so too, yeah. And the history book says those two, your fifth all-time and three-pointers made, numerous all-academic teams, got your degree in kinesiology, so it definitely panned out. So just talk about just your experience at Humble. We talked about Coach Bentos, but just talk about kind of basketball at Humble State for you at the university level. Yeah, Humble State was like, because like we were talking about earlier, in high school, I maybe played for like a season and a half. So college was really when I got like this awesome opportunity to finally play and what was really cool is because the coach was a, a new coach even people that were maybe juniors or seniors we were all on like this even playing field because and I was a freshman you know as a freshman in college you don't sometimes you don't play right away mm -hmm. but in this situation I had so much opportunity to get on the court right away and that was something I was like so grateful for because I know that that's not everybody's situation in college. And yeah, uh, like we were talking about ben Coach Bento is just like, I just, my game just like grew. She challenged me to like shoot in different situations and just learn how to score and come off of staggers and when to shoot. And just my game just took off, I think. And I've had her confidence, which gave me confidence on the court. And as a shooter, that's the biggest thing that you want when you're on the court. So yeah, my freshman year, my freshman year, we didn't do great, but um, I learned a lot that year, just overall on how to be, how, how the CCAA, this conference was. Um, we only won, I think we won like seven or eight games. It was, we were not doing well, but it was the first year. Then the second year we end up making it like, we win the conference tournament and we end up making it to the NCAA um, tournament and oh. we like upset the number one seed at their home. And uh, what was crazy about that game too. And I always remind myself of this is like, I wasn't hitting any of my shots. Like I was just one of those days. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, I kept shooting and, and actually like I hit these two big corner threes to like get us back in the game in the fourth quarter it was like, not a lot of minutes left and um we end up winning that game and I always remind myself of that game when I'm having bad shooting days because I'm just like if you don't take these shots you know you're hurting your team kind of stuff and yeah so we ended up actually we lost the next game but we made it to that NCAA tournament um then the following year we also made it to the NCAA tournament um so it was just in my my senior year we fell short of that but then COVID hit so actually weird moment because yeah. we the tournament got canceled anyways but yeah just a really uh I grew a lot through college I learned a lot about myself and um just as a basketball player I got so much experience in, in practice so it was a really really good opportunity I'm very grateful uh for Humboldt State 
for Coach Bento and uh, Coach Hankins are my coaches. Just really grateful for all of that and all my teammates. I made my best friends till this day, all, all from there. So, yeah. All right, COVID was a hell of a time. We mentioned how your season got cut short and the tournament got canceled and things of that nature. But what did that kind of do for you? Um, aspirations to play pro. I know people couldn't really go at this time or you had to be back. It was just like a tricky time, but I know you I think you went and um, you got your first deal in Spain during this time. So let's talk about how you got to this deal. Did you get an agent? Did Kenny help you again? Did yeah. Coach Bento help you? Just kind of how did you uh, become a pro after sure. all this? Well, a little, okay, backtrack really quick because mm -hmm. a little small story. Um, When I was my senior year, I was feeling real good and I knew I was like, had a role as a leader and I was really excited for this year and actually after conditioning I um was just running like five on zero coming off of a like a screen and my knee gave out again and I was like that same knee absolutely kidding me yeah it was and actually this one I like this time I didn't tell anybody about so like nobody knew really except my family what was going on and obviously my coaching staff I was just so upset that I didn't want to share this with the world because I was like you're kidding me like this isn't happening my right. senior year kind of thing but actually I knew right away it wasn't anything super duper serious um uh and I I remember I went to the surgeon whatever got my MRI they can't tell what's happening because I've had too many surgeries so they can't see from the images like what's going on. So now I'm second guessing myself. I'm mm -hmm. like, oh my goodness, I might actually be hurt. Fast track. Basically, I end up having to just get like a, a surgery and they're going to figure it out once they open up my knee kind of stuff. And it was like one of the most difficult surgeries because I had to go under not knowing like, if I was playing anymore. Yeah. And I remember having a conversation with my dad during this time because he knew I wanted to play overseas. And I remember him saying something like, you've given basketball so much, but like, you don't know it, like everything in your body, because it's just so hard for your parents to see you going through this constant pain, you know, and he knew I wanted to keep going, but I know that he was afraid because I had to get another surgery. And anyways, in the surgery, they ended up finding out it wasn't anything too serious. They uh, just shaved my meniscus. I was, it was like called the scope. I was able to get back for my senior year. Um, I missed like the first month, but I got back for regular season. Okay. And I think during that time is really when I was like, I'm playing overseas basketball. Like, like this is happening. This isn't like the end of, uh, of my journey. And, and it just like reconfirmed once I woke up and they were like, you're, you can play the season. I knew after the season wasn't going to be the end for me. I knew I wanted to play overseas, kind of follow the journey that my brother was currently on. Mm -hmm. So uh, anyways, COVID hits that whole situation nobody knows what's going on with the world and uh during this time i'm like my brother had just gotten his citizenship for uh in italy yeah. and when it, when you do this process you basically just like elevate your resume as a player you're able to play in europe um without teams paying for your visa so it's it's basically just makes your resume better so um, I moved to Italy during COVID with my sister and actually my brother was with us and Lex, his uh, now wife. Mm -hmm. Shout out to <laughs> uh, Yeah, shout out to Lex. And during this time, I was basically just living in the south of Italy, getting my citizenship uh, for like two months during like the lockdown of COVID. Like it was it was crazy. We couldn't really go anywhere. We were just living in an apartment in another country, really uncomfortable environment to kind of be in during a situation like like COVID. 
but luckily we're able to get all our documents, everything figured out. And I was actually able to sign my first um, pro contract with the team in Spain um, for their playoff period uh, later that year. So that was my first experience really uh, was going to Cordoba, Spain, which is in the south of Spain and playing for their playoff period. So like a three month period kind Mm -hmm. of contract. And that was a, that was a cool experience. And I really just got to see what overseas basketball was about. And I was, I was really excited and, and big shout out to my brother because I was, I'm a homebody. I I felt like at least, and I didn't want to go to another country You know, I was okay with being at home. I was scared to travel and him and my older sister, Kelly, she's also like a world traveler lived in Paris for a little bit they really pushed me to get out of that comfort zone of being like in San Francisco California and uh going to another country and just experiencing all all that had to offer because as you know it can be an uncomfortable environment sometimes and you know just not knowing people they're not speaking language but now I love it and I I don't think I could stay in one place for too long I'm a little world traveler (laughs) (laughs) for sure that's dope I I don't know you had your uh your passport too. I thought just Kenny got the Italian uh, citizenship. Yeah, I had to follow him do that too. Yeah, yeah. so so I got my little Italian passport. Too. So what did um? So how did the next? I think I was last. How did the next deal transpire for you to uh, get into the Italian market? Yeah, so I was home. I did that first little three months spurt in Spain, and then I went home for summer, obviously. And then I got an opportunity uh, from my agent to play in in the Serie B is what it's called in southern southern Italy. Mm-hmm. And my goal was to be in the north. My brother was playing kind of near Milan in a place called Brescia. And um, my goal was to be in the north of Italy so that I could kind of be near him because that would be awesome. Right. Yeah. End up being like almost the <laughs> furthest you could be because that's just <laughs> life. And <laughs> which was another it was a good experience because I think when you're alone, just like college, maybe it was better that I wasn't so close to my brother because you can lean on maybe your siblings too much and you don't, you don't grow Mm -hmm. maybe as much as you can if you're in an environment alone. So I really think during that time I grew because it was like my first full season overseas in Italy for the first time, like in playing in Italy. And um, it was just a good experience. It was hard because I'd never been like the best player on a team and that and I was, you know, getting like face guarded, like double teamed, stuff like that. It really just taught me um, how to be more of a leader and how to score in different ways. Because if I was going to be guarded really tight, like moving without the ball, stuff like that. So it was awesome because I got to play like 30 minutes, 30 plus minutes every single game. Got a lot of game experience and um, ended up doing really uh, pretty well to get this opportunity now at this higher level in the north. So grateful for that what was some um, the adjustment when, so back to Spain a little bit backtrack a little bit what was the adjustment that you noticed from you know college to overseas or what was just like some shock as far as being on the court like oh I didn't know or kind of thing yeah there's a kind of there's some different rules like one of the funniest ones that I keep messing up actually till this day is the free throw one I actually think the NBA does I don't know you can only have two and three like yeah. you can't have three on three. And I, I kept walking in like, and then they were like, number, get out. And I'm like, okay, fine. <laughs> that one. But I would say the speed sometimes is different in Spain for sure. Like 
I felt like everything was just so fast, almost too fast because mm-hmm. people losing balls. Like the fundamentals were different. I do think where we're from, we learn the fundamentals like way more and, and maybe better. And so it's more of, of that. But then I got to Spain and it was like so fast, like everything's pushing the ball. And that was cool to play at like a really fast pace, but also saw some things like could be worked on. Um, and then when I got to Italy, the in the South, this team in particular didn't have a lot of structure. So it was pretty difficult because I was kind of having to like coach while also playing, yeah. which was a, a new role for me, but it helped me to be more of a leader. Um, a lot of pressure, as you know, as an import player, if, if you're losing games and even if you do well, it's probably still your fault. And that was a lot to like, um, kind of have to carry. It was, it was a tough season, but I remember just telling myself, like, if I can get to this level, a two, like it will all be worth it. And I'm here now. So when I look back, I smile because I'm happy that even though it was so difficult, I, I kept kept going and um, stuck stuck it out. And, and now I'm in Milan. So it's a, you know, sometimes when things aren't looking good, you just got to, you know, stay positive and see the bigger picture. And, and now I'm here and I feel like I have a really big opportunity to get my name out more. That's what it is overseas. I feel like, you know, even coming from America, if you're not coming from a D1, you've got to make your, you've got to, you know, make your way, pave your way for yourself. And mm-hmm. I think that that's, um, that's what I'm doing right now. And, and that's fun too. So the story is still being written, but what's so far the highlight or like just not even the best game of overseas, but what's like a, a on-court highlight that you've had so far? Ooh. I would say actually last season, um, it was one of our, like, it was like a year ago we were kind of, uh, we were playing. I remember our team wasn't like, we're not the most talented team. Like I was saying, we didn't have a lot of numbers. And um, I was like, kind of felt like I was, had to coach and like run the team all at the same time. You know, not everybody speaks English. It was just, it was a really hard, like environment to be in. Um, And I remember like this, this team that's, they're in Saint Antimo as a team also kind of near right by Naples actually and we were playing they're playing at our, our our home court and I remember them coming into the gym and I was looking and I was like holy holy crap these girls are like huge <laughs> and I'm like looking at our team I'm stretching watching them warm up I'm like damn you better go off or you're not like you guys aren't yeah. a chance <laughs> so I end up actually like doing the best game I've ever played that dropped like 31 points like just was like for the first time I really it was just funny because I remember them walking in the gym and I just I felt like I finally got like that mentality I needed that like toughness that like you know I can be like a nice person off the court but like on the court like I'm a different person sometimes and I got like that dog in me like that game I was like I'm getting buckets talking maybe talking shit after I hit a three I don't know got that Kenny too I was like I was really feeling it and we won that was the biggest thing is we won only by like three points it was still close and uh that in that moment that game I was just like I can do this like I can play here and I'm gonna like make my name known throughout this whole country and and that's really I mean it's, it's a lower division so it's more difficult to get your name out but I was like whatever we've been through so many things already this isn't gonna like stop us so that game for sure was a highlight because I was like I can do I I think I just showed myself I was like I can do this here and um yeah some I feel like that's constantly where I'm going back and forth is like 
that imposter syndrome, like not believing that you can stay in an environment, stay in a place. And so I'm constantly like battling like that negative voice in my head that like, and telling it like, I can't do it. I can't stay here. Um, and that's definitely something that's actually something I was talking to Jordan Poole about as well. And that's um, just like believing you can stay in an environment. And I always talk to Kenny about that. It's just, yeah, that Kenny's got that confidence that I've been trying to get my whole life. And uh, I think I'm, I'm, I'm there. I'm, I'm getting more confidence each, each and every day, but I'm hoping uh, to continue working on that aspect of my game. Yeah. You definitely got to have that swagger. Like the way you carry yourself, mm-hmm. like even if, even if it's like a false, belief you gotta act like you're all that got to you have to or you're or you're already beat Mm -hmm. and that's something I'm trying to get that you 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 definitely have that too as a point like it's just (laughs) bringing that to your game really does a lot it really does um I know on the men's side it's uh obviously more physical and brutal on the women's side would you say there was an adjustment as far as physicality and things of that nature and not necessarily Yes, I would say there is actually, there's a lot more. They let you play a lot more here. They foul a lot. And then if you're not yeah. from the country, they foul you even more. So, and, and you can't um, foul. Exactly. Don't touch anybody fouling <laughs> you. But no, for them, I mean, I was, yeah, just getting hit in the face. Like, I don't know, jerseys pulled. I have at least 20 pictures of my jersey being pulled in the picture. So I'm like, okay, at this point, like, this is crazy. It's another level of physicality, which maybe isn't like it's a foul, but um, here they don't call that and you just have to play through it. And I think that's the biggest thing is like, one, you can't argue with the ref because they probably don't understand you. Uh, so it's not even worth it unless you want to go say you're broken Italian, which I've tried to, to say to the ref before, but it's not worth it. You just have to play your game and like stay mentally strong because you're going to keep getting like hit as a point guard like the the traps just the reaches of the defense or vice versa it's just it's more physical they might not call it every game you kind of have a different ref it's not as consistent refing maybe as you might see um in uh, in america but it's a uh, it tested it tests you for sure all right so as we wrap this up um just give some words to the next generation or maybe uh what you would tell a young maddie back in the day Oh, I like that question. Okay, what would I tell young Maddie? I would definitely uh, tell like my younger self to to stay positive and believe that you belong and um, keep pushing to be better each and every day. And um, yeah, that that's the biggest thing. Believe that you belong. Believe you deserve what comes to you, um, and have faith that the things will work out. Because there'll be days when it's it's tough, but um, if you keep seeing the bigger picture, you can get through anything. That's not even just basketball; that's life. You know, I think going through <clears throat> those injuries, excuse me, when I was younger, just taught me that about perspective and and knowing like that's not even the worst things that could happen. I still had the ability to heal and get back on the court. I remember going to rehab and seeing people that were in wheelchairs; they were paralyzed, like it taught me a perspective. Whereas like, if I can heal and get back, like I don't have much to complain about, you know, I just got to keep putting the work in and, and be grateful that my body has that ability to heal. Cause that's not, everybody doesn't get that opportunity. So just really gave me a good perspective on life. I like that. Is there anything else you want to say or shout out or just anything you want to wrap it up with before we close out here? 
Mm, just shout out to my family. I the best family in the world. Rachel, Kelly, Kenny, mom, dad. Thank you guys all for pushing me to be better. I wouldn't be here without you guys. And that's a wrap. Thanks for your time, Maddie. Good luck this season. Thank you. I know you got practice, so go ahead and get to your day. Yeah. Make sure you guys subscribe. Leave a five-star streaming on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, and Google Podcasts.